Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. isn't a crisis, but is something we can protect against and treat. The president and our COVID team are actively planning for this future. As we look forward, we'll continue to enhance the powerful set of tools that we have at our disposal. And that is the president's um, COVID team saying the crisis is essentially going to be over. And it's, well, it's really them saying that it's over, but they can't say it's over, 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 because the last time they said it was over, 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 it then became not over again. So, um, and that happened today. Ned Lamont is doing the same thing in in Connecticut, and uh, he's saying, we did everything right. It's go time. It's, uh, you know, we, uh, um, we got this. It was Connecticut. We got this. We did it. Democrats are s- suggesting that COVID came while they were, they weren't in this scene. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the call from the stage manager to be in the scene if you're Democrats. You're, you weren't. They weren't here. Right. Trump brought in COVID. Mm-hmm. It destroyed your life for two years. Now Democrats are here to have swished sh- sh- it away. They with fixed their, it. They fixed it exactly. They weren't here for any of the things like school closings. That was not that. That was COVID. Did that? That wasn't mm-hmm. Democrats okay. and the and businesses. COVID and therefore Trump. COVID and therefore exactly exactly um but they beat this and and so all the stuff like masking etc don't worry about that but i don't really care i don't i don't want to that's all i want to talk about that today us i'm in a bittersweet mood today and you know why why no it's not even a bittersweet i was in a melancholy mood now i'm in a better mood because we've got a great booking coming up for in the next couple of well next handful of weeks do you know who fred couples is Mm-mm. He is a golfer. Okay, and he's been a PGA Tour golfer. He he's in his he's old just now. Uh, he's in his sixties now. Um, but anyway, we have we're going to. Oh, I know why I've heard the name. There's something going on with that with the Minahan show and Dave Cullinane, right? Well, Kirk's a huge, a real PGA fan. But the, I've seen them talking about that name, but I don't follow all the stuff. Right, right, right. But but yeah, Kirk is just. A, I think he golfs and stuff like that, et cetera. Okay. But um, but um, so I know through Connecticut through WTIC, um, Joe Lacava and Joe Lacava. He's from Connecticut. He's from uh, Newtown, and so the Lacavas are listeners, oh. and so they've got the in with Fred Couples. And now this is an odd one. For uh, us, because I would say that we're probably not the two most golf knowledgeable people in the world, but he is a big celebrity. That's cool. So, learn something about golf, please. 
very quickly. I'll go I don't know back what the on, hell we're going to do. I'll go work on it, okay? So, do you remember when I was at a Republican event and I was like sitting right by Fred Smurlis and you looked at my pictures from after the event? You were like, you're like three seats away from Fred Smurlis. <laughs> and I was like, three seats away from who? And you were like, <laughs> I love Fred Smurlis. <clears throat> yeah, he's great. He's such a funny bastard. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I got melancholy. And the reason I got melancholy is because I wanted to find this old back and forth I had on email with PJ O'Rourke in in which – and I've heard this <clears throat> about him, <clears throat> that he that – he, <clears throat> sorry, would go back and forth with all sorts of nobodies. Well, it, you know, it, whatever it was, 12, 14 years ago, we had him on the Michael Graham show. Graham knows him. Okay. So and so, you know, I was the producer. I was the go-between. And anyway, I in doing in doing that. In oh, great! There you go. In doing that, hey, <laughs> um, I got his um, his um. Oh no, no! I I just said emailed him, and then one time he emailed me back out of the blue. And asked if I was related to Shaddix in New Hampshire because there was a bunch of them. And I said, oh, so a lot of them were had run away from the Revolutionary War, uh, you know, deserters or et cetera. And he said something very similar with the O'Rourke's and, uh, you know, drunken deserters and cowards and this and that. And so from there, we started to bond and we just had a little correspondence where we check up every so-and-so. And we weren't friends. I mean, I guess we weren't friends. I would, I would have said we would be friends if we lived closer. <clears throat> Um, but I, I wasn't was close friends, and everybody's saying this thing, whatever. But the reason that's not why I'm melancholy. I mean, he had a, he lived to be seventy five. He he he. It's it's too bad. I would live. She was forever. But I'm melancholy because in searching for his emails, I found a bunch of old emails because I was trying to find. I was like, did Google shut me off from? Did it? Has Hotmail just just deleted all my old stuff oh. years ago? And so I was wondering if Google like stopped me after two thousand eight. Because I can't see anything after 2008, but then, but then, so I was looking at old emails, and so I'm finding old emails of, of like my mother, us sending in pictures to my mother, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the email of when I got hired to at WTKK, and the like all office email was wrong, and I sent it to my mother and my brother, and in this, in, in, in but but what made me the melancholy was, of course, I saw all these pictures of us that we had sent and covered each other's off to my mother, who was alive then. And of Sally, of the baby, of course, who she was, she loved and she was just thrilled about, et cetera. I heard my name. Yes, I was just, I've sent you some pictures. And so, and so, and so it's, it, it, this, that's, that's also not why I was melancholy. It's not because of missing my mother, who of course we miss, you know, but I'm just melancholy because I got stuck in this rut of, and you guys, I know that you're, you're you have the same thing. I know you. Every person who's listening right now has the same thing. It's like I look at these emails from being with my daughter on a slide as a one year old or six month year old and whatever yeah. she was as a little baby, and us here and there, and we sent them off to my mother, etc. And all this, all, all these from from before we had a place in Melrose when we lived in Medford. All this old stuff, and it just like, and it brought back those those specific days. <clears throat> One, my mother complimented us on our Christmas lights hmm. in Melrose. Remember, mm-hmm. after the fence got built, the only allowed to be four foot tall fence. In that one year, we went all out for you know you'd put all the stuff out and the the, the, the garland garland and the Christmas lights and the white picket fence and mm-hmm. and uh, she was thrilled about that. Of course, that was very good. But and I remember specifically, but I hadn't looked at these or thought about that. I hadn't looked at what essentially was this photo album of our lives ever. We have not stopped since. Yeah, we haven't had time to stop and look at pictures from the past because the world's been crazy for like right. And that's why I say to, to 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 you guys listening that it's the same thing with you, obviously. And I don't know if you guys ever get a chance to just stop and like, wow, it just hits you. Like, holy hell, you're right. It's 12 straight years. It's really 14 straight years. It's really, it's unbelievable how many, how long, uh, I mean, how fast this whole entire blow go, blow go, go, blur goes. <laughs> and it's just nuts. 
And so I'm like, I was just, it just, just made me kind of, I don't know, it just made me melancholy. I got mm-hmm. stuck in this melancholy rut. And I went from that to, uh, you know, you know, learning more about, uh, you, you know, Fred Couples, and I never. No, did you know? By the way, he, he, his family came over from Italy. They were the Coppolas. Oh. And they Americanized it, Westernized, Anglicized. Any whatever. relation to the Godfather guy? I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know how many Coppolas are there. Oh. Um. <clears throat> so, um. So that's where I am right now. I looked into. Uh, and that's, I think that's kind of it. I mean, I guess that's what got me going. I'm not really into today. I'm sorry. I'm not um, crying or anything. This is my, 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 uh, my um, I'm sniffling, snuffling. I'm sorry you're sniffling. I'm still sniffly but, too. So I- there is one story that I, that I do want to hit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. It's just a follow-up. Let me talk about last week. It's actually a national story. I think we talked about that last week. Um, Sean, um, Sean, um, last week in Enfield, Connecticut, the parents, uh, the students got an email at, uh, students got an email of an assignment, seventh or sixth graders, whatever. Okay. Of an assign, of an assignment or this lesson plan. Oh, pizza mom. Pizza mom, exactly. On how to, on how to, um. Have sex to to um, negotiate sex by pizza by pizza As toppings. It's a pizza. So a cheese is kissing, which is already such grooming because cheese comes with every pizza. So that's just guaranteed that we we'll, and then meat or whatever pepperonis, olives, what become more right. as you graduate towards all the all the good stuff, right? And so and so the the parents were ticked off, of course, and the school committee said this was a total mistake. The school board said it's a total mistake. The teacher, the health teacher, by mistake, had sent this off. It was something they meant to go through, et cetera, um, and change. So it wasn't a sexual. It was just using pizza for general choices, which is like, is that happening? <laughs> that happened in health class. So now, and so the school board, you know, said, "Sorry, we've we've talked to the teacher, and this was a mistake. It was this was an email that was mistakenly sent." But we talked about this last week, and you know what, Alice, this kind of stuff never gets mistakenly sent. Never gets mistakenly not. sent. They mistakenly get caught. So listen to this. Guess what subsequently has been found? Okay. Is that this assignment mm-hmm. was also mistakenly handed out in paper form. Oh. Can you imagine that? And how it is, <clears throat> just to think this with uh, this bureaucracy is, how is it right now that there is not the school board presenting the head of this person to the people of the town. Well, right. I Obviously, mean, if you've handed it out, then you've got 30 eyewitnesses or so <laughs> who were there. I mean, this person, the fact that they're not firing the holy F out of this person <clears throat> is so indicative of what's going on in this country. It's it's indicative of why the San Francisco school board people got tossed. Mm-hmm. It is, they are so more, so more, Jesus, Tom. They're so far more entrenched than we ever thought right entrenched than we ever thought in in the normal world they would march that person in and say tell the principal whack this person now get them to leave the school right now ever get a restraining order if you have to get this person needs to never be here yeah the type of people that uh want to teach this type of sex ed to kids need uh and you know if you go on like libs of tiktok libs of tiktok is full of them because there's a bunch of like gen z 20 something teachers that work in like early childhood education or elementary school teachers or middle school teachers and their whole approach to like how they're like encouraging kids to come out of the closet like there was one on libs of tiktok the other day which was a male teacher saying that they have a closet for trans kids at the school so they can change their clothes when they come to school (laughs) to live as their true selves or whatever right right it's so like creepy and groomy and like all those people need to not be around children at all at all any adult who takes joy in being around like 12, 13, 14 year olds and telling them to like keep secrets right. about who they are and what they're into sexually from their parents like needs to be on a watch list. I'm fine with that. Like we the and I don't know why it seems to like attract the worst possible people, but you know, there there's a problem in school staffing 
in that, and it's not, I don't think, I mean, like, for all I enjoy DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin and Greg Abbott and all these people trying to, like, outlaw CRT and outlaw these crazy sexual things in schools and whatever, you know, you really can't, you can't legislate the problem away. Because the problem is, you have an industry, the entire public school system and the university system is populated top to bottom by ideologues. I would say it's less bad at the elementary school level because, for one thing, it's more, uh, you know, it's it tends to be, like, more a career that, like, moms will take and, like, there's some older women still in elementary schools that are, like, normal. But, you know, the, the teaching profession and the school staffing profession is completely rotten, like, to the core. To the core, not to say there aren't good teachers out there because there's good teachers mm-hmm. out there, but they are so like you can't get rid of the CRT in the curriculum because every person in the build or not every person, but like ninety mm-hmm. percent of the people in the building are completely brainwashed into it a hundred percent and right. believe it. Right. So it's going to seep in. You can like post the curriculum online for transparency and you know try and get them in trouble under these laws for doing whatever. But the truth is that like. Too many of the people there have been baptized into the religion and like you can't get it out of the curriculum now. You know what I mean? It's too. You're right. Because it's not just that they've been baptized out of the religion, but they're evangelists. Right. Exactly. And they've got a captive audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, I, I think ultimately the solution will be to say that to put it under religious freedom law and to say that this is a religious belief, that this CRT stuff, this woke stuff, this, you know, gender ideology stuff to say to say that you have some metaphysical gender to your soul that's different than what the doctor called you when you came out of your mom is like that's that's a religious belief that's like a metaphysical belief that's not something that can be verified by science there's no such thing in science uh, that science can prove that you that you have something called a gender that you are in your spirit like that there's no such thing as that like science can never prove that that's not a provable fact so if i don't believe that we just have a difference of religious beliefs so this has i think that this is going to come down to religious freedom tests because you know like we live in a pretty secular state where a lot of people are not into jesus you know if i became a public school teacher and i started teaching my students about jesus in the classroom and I just said it was true and I thought it was really important that they know the truth about who Jesus was. That would not fly with the Massachusetts parents. Do you think it would? There would be a uh, religious freedom (laughs) problem. (laughs) Would there not? (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. So, But CRT is like that because this is a metaphysical belief and, and the gender stuff are both like that. They're both like a metaphysical belief system that a lot of people don't hold. So the teachers espousing this are are they're evan- like you said they're evangelizing their religion in the classroom which needs to not be okay, right? Like if we're going to have it was one thing when they said the Lord's Prayer in school in the morning, when people were in such a shared cultural society that that literally mm. didn't offend anybody in the right. building, right? Like in a lot of places. But but at this point, like if we're if we're going to attempt to share society with these psychotic people who want to teach this stuff to children, we're going to have to like make the same decision that we made about prayer in schools and about like teaching kids about Jesus in school. Right. We're going to have to like just split off and be like, we're just not going to address any of this in school because we're not going to be able to share a country together. If you guys feel the need to teach this in the public schools that I pay for, I'm not going to be able to, like, share a common community with you. Right? Like, we're going to have to reach a point where they take their religion and they get it out of the school system, just like I had to take my religion and get it out of the school system. Yes. (laughs) Because we now live in a world where nobody, a bunch (laughs) of people don't espouse that, right? Right. So, like, if they want to have, like, their own version of Catholic schools where they teach their silly made-up religion, right, instead of real religion, then they can go do that and do that with private money. But there is no reason why kids need to be indoctrinated into their insane ideology. But I think I think we're really far away from being able to do that because I think that 
that that the schools are so immersed in it. Yeah. It's and it's going to take Wait, well, a long it, yeah. time to dig out of where we are. Like first, okay, school committees are lunatics, right? Mm-hmm. And the school committees are who hires the administrators, right. all the administrators, they're all coming from places that educated them in this BS, right? And, like, and there's not too many places historically they can go now because they're smart. They've got DEI offices in everything, so now mm-hmm. they've got a foothold everywhere. But other than education, there wasn't uh, other than back into the acad- the academy, there right. wasn't too many places for them to land. Historically. But the whole job market, like all the type of people, and like for example, in Massachusetts, to teach you have to have a teaching degree. You can't not, right? So, and they have some things like where you can teach while you're getting the degree, like in STEM. Like if you're an engineer, mm-hmm. you can go become a math teacher, like while you're getting the teaching degree, right? So they have some things to, to like try and attract more people that actually know what the heck they're talking about into like STEM fields because a lot of people with teaching degrees like don't know how to do math because right. it's hard. But anyway, so it's um it, it the whole field of like people that you have to choose to hire from have all espoused this ideology. Like it has to change in the culture and there have to be enough parents that are saying like we don't want to hear this. If you want to do your weird religion, do it on your own time, right? Like, it ju- it has to be a cultural shift. It has to be people right. laughing at this stuff and not being run out of town on a rail for being bigots, right? Because otherwise, we're never going to dig out of this hole. We just aren't. Like, there has to be people that say this stuff at the school committee meetings every time. Mm-hmm. And it has to, I mean, I, and I, I don't even know how pop, uh, possible it is. The school committee meeting that I sent you the video where they yelled at the the people said, can you take off your mask because we can't understand yeah. what you're saying? This is a public meeting. Mm-hmm. It's like the law that this meeting be recorded. And they're like <laughs> talking into masks like you can't even understand what they're right. saying. Right. And when a woman said, can you take off the mask? It was no. Bit, <laughs> yeah. It was it barked back at her. No. It was ridiculous. And then she said, well, we can't hear you. And then she said, well, get a hearing aid. And which is which Public is servants, which just, just goes to show you. And then if you go later on, the community group was all you know. Should I should I still mask my kids? Well, it depends if you love your child. If you do, you should. If not, so thousands of people are dying every day, and kids too. It's like where where are they deciding to believe this horse bleep? And people are like, oh, you think it's about whether you prefer to wear a mask or not, but it's really about whether you prefer your kid dead or alive, and their peers, and their teachers, and everybody you love. So there, like I. Who are these people like who first of all who believes that stuff cuz I don't I'm not even sure I think they really like believe it uh, or if they're just like taking assuming some self-righteous posture or if they're I mean like so then but just like I don't know give them the benefit of the doubt assume they really somehow think that this is true in the face of all the scientific evidence the contrary whatever you know, in the face of Leanna Wen telling them that the masks don't work and everybody else saying like, you know, these cloth masks that you're making your kids wear don't really do anything. But okay, like suppose they really think that the little cotton face mask is the thing standing between their child and instant death, right? Like, why are you like talking to your neighbors in this way, right? Like once again, we have to share a society together. Or things are going to get ugly. So, like this, there type was of- there was a movement, Alice, in the seventies. that mm-hmm. began in the early seventies and then crescendo, and it was style, culture, um, the way people moved, the way people socially interacted, the way people dressed, and the way you carried on all together in the early seventies, and crescendoed, in not crescendoed, peaked. Or a climax, we should say. Okay. In the late 70s, like 78 to 79. Mm-hmm. And it was the most, the biggest and the hottest thing around. And I remember as a little kid, this being the thing, the biggest, hottest thing around. And then a year and a half later, it receded massively. It was hated. Disco? Exactly. And it was despised and reviled. And even to mention it, the Bee Gees, who were the kings of the world. <laughs> After disco was done, they were done. They had to write their songs for other people. They couldn't sing them themselves anymore because people blamed them for disco. And the stupid uh, bell-bottom pants and the vests and the gaudiness of... 
it was it was an ugly time and like people in their 60s and 70s dressed like it, it was terrible but and it, but it was always oh, the rage it was the absolute rage i'm sure that part of its crescendoing had to do with the as we'll say to borrow the haggard phrase the malaise of the 70s and recession and inflation and gas mm-hmm. lines and how things sucked um and and it's just like I think that it's possible that this goes it it's possible this goes the same way and that people will find it just just gross and horrible that soon those everyone- disco colors that I remember as a kid those all went away for uh, ever they're back now but like pea green mustard yellow those things were shunned as <laughs> uh you know as war crimes etc and then and of course then you know when I when I came up, like in 1992 or whatever, they were creating like retro disco clubs, and it was great to go to those dance clubs, which I used huh. to like going to as an early guy, because you could dance ridiculously if you didn't know how to dance, and it didn't matter, because we were, we right. were play, pretending we were disco. Well, even we had that when I was like, even a teenager probably, is you would like, if you wanted to, you would do like the V thing with air fingers if you right. wanted to. Well, like, that's a matter like of um, horny dancing. Well, it's things, funny you say that. Uh, it was still, but that's but the all, V thing, you know what that's from, right? What is that from? That's from Pulp Fiction. Okay. Starring John Travolta. Exactly. The king of disco <laughs> from Saturday Night Fever. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. We associated that as like a disco thing. And yeah, then, and, and then the thing where you would like put your fingers down and put that them is up. that's a staying alive thing. That is absolutely disco. That's like yeah. So that's yeah. what that's what we had left of the entire movement by the time I was like going to middle school dances. That's like what that, what all we knew about it. That's the whole the whole cultural movement's boiled down to that. So you know, but but yeah, I mean, like we talked about this yesterday, and actually. Uh, one person on Twitter noticed where I stole my rant about tastemakers from. Did you notice that? No. Where'd you steal it from? Do you stole it? Yeah. I stole it from the Devil Wears Prada. Oh. I mean, not word for oh. word, but when she lectures no, her about I, like... No, how- I could... I knew that you were stealing that from, from that great okay. speech. Yeah. 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 So yeah, one person did. Which the only problem with that movie, I actually like that movie, mm-hmm. but the movie. The only problem on, is the end. Yeah, the movie's on the wrong side of the movie. Yeah, the she was, the devil wears Prada. The mean lady was right in the devil. Anna Wintour. Well, it, she's not called that, and that she's called whatever she's called in it. But um, she that that's the only problem with the movie is that you know people are out here doing things and creating stuff and like making the world go and like know it all millennials are like too cool for is it the cerulean sweater scene yeah i want to play it yeah because i was so impressed by this too i was amazed i got caught no and i've seen all this before deskins is trying to reinvent the drop way so actually it's all the other dresses we have some right here, and then I'm and, and I think it can be very interesting no. with... No, I just... It's just baffling to me. Why is it so impossible to put together a decent run-through? You people have had hours and hours to prepare. It's just so confusing to me. Where are the advertisers? Uh, we have some pieces from Banana Republic. Well, we need more, don't we? Oh, this is... This might be. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know me. Give me a full ballerina skirt and a hint of saloon, and I'm on board. Mm, but do you think it's Jesus. too much like... Like a LaCroix from July? I mm. thought that, but no, not with the right accessories. It should work. And where are the belts for this oh. strap? Why is no one ready? Here. It's a tough call. Okay, I gotta get to the place. They're so different. Honey? Okay. No. No, 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 nothing's... You know, it's just the... So she's funny. She's Those laughing. Belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and uh... this stuff. Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you? You go. To so set this up. So anyway, um, people pim- know the concept of the devil wears Prada. Anne Hathaway's oh. like the bookish girl. She goes to work for the fake Anna Wintour, who's mean and terrible to her. Right. And so she thinks that all this, um, all this um, fashion stuff is stupid. Uh, yes, the stuff that they're it's talking about. This right, exactly. And she thinks that she's above it, and they're just being 
just doing these machinations about what belt goes or whatever, and there's nothing to it, and Anna Winter sets her straight. And you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back, but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns, and then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic <laughs> casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room. Ooh. From a pile of stuff. Nice. Damn. What's her Faye Dunaway, whatever her name is, is a good actress. You know that? <laughs> no, it's a, what's her name? Um, the one who always wins awards. Yeah, Meg, Mel, Mel, Meg, um, Meg Shannon. Melanie, what? Melanie Griffith. I can't no. remember. No, I know who you mean. The Oscar winner. She was in... Uh, She's in everything. Yeah. Uh, People know who we mean. I'm yeah. sorry. We're both high on Dakewell, so we can't really come yeah, up with names, it? but that's fine. Um, no, we. Yeah. you know who she is. Uh, everybody else is yelling at their podcast right now. <laughs> really? Why? What's going on? No, I'm saying... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Like, yelling at us, telling okay. us the name. But that's fine. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. There you go. See? So... Anyway, but yeah, but she's 100% right. The fashion industry is as legitimate an industry as anything else. Mm -hmm. And the like people that decide they're too smart for it are just like the people that think like advertising doesn't work on me. Like I just, you know, I do what I like. They always are actually just part of the zeitgeist, you know, like, I mean, so, and I have a conscious, like, memory of realizing that this happened, because when I was probably in middle school was when I first started to, like, notice what I thought was cool and, like, want to wear outfits that I thought were cool or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I can remember definitely thinking, like, we'd see movies and stuff from the 80s and, like, they all had on the skinniest jeans and I would be thinking, like, God, I hate those. They they look so terrible. I would never wear that in a million years. I can't believe that was in fashion. That's crazy. If Mm -hmm. that was in fashion, I would never wear that. And then, obviously, about, like, Five, ten years later, somewhere in there, skinny jeans came completely back and became the only type of jeans any millennial ever wore, ever, right? And nobody ever wore flares or bootcut jeans again. That was a mistake, man. <laughs> bootcut was the win. That was the play. Yeah. Uh, I had one <clears throat> friend, you know her actually, who never, who just never gave up the bootcut or uh, like a really flared she was all the way into like the flared jeans Mm -hmm. cuts like a little less flared than the flare and but it's interesting because you know i i think that a lot of times like when you're a fish you don't realize you're in water because it's just you steal this one too no (laughs) it's pretty deep all my stuff is pretty deep no but like when no but i mean that's like a standard example sort of like when you're a fish the water is just like where you you don't like know what water is when you're a fish because it's just where you are right and like I think how can that the you tell if something's a fish like that it swims that's correct if it swims it's a fish according to tom shattuck <laughs> so you can buy a shirt that has an example of a fish called a dolphin on it in the burn barrel podcast store in fact uh with that tom shattuck saying so anyway Oh, no, um, I get it. I didn't know that. Didn't know what? Wait, what are we going to... Uh, I was making a point here. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Sorry. I was going somewhere with us. Oh, you look lovely, by the way. Oh, it's Thank your Terry Gar sweater. Is this... No, this is different. Is it not? Terry... Oh. This can also be a Terry Gar. That might be I Diane guess. Keaton, which is... <laughs> is that not good? No, it is good. Oh, Okay. I think of her as being old, so I was well, not sure. Well, Alice, I'm always doing the younger <laughs> versions of these people. Okay. Um, anyway, but, you know, people who think that they're not in a culture and, 
you know, making choices based on that culture are always wrong. And it's not it's not just the fashion industry. So Damien did catch me like stealing this point. But it's a Mm -hmm. point that also applies to politics because politics changes. It's like the same reason why Liz Warren claims that she was always for gay marriage, even though like 30 years ago she was a Republican and. If she was a Republican in the early 90s who believed in gay marriage, that puts her in an extremely right. tiny statistical Her group. and Joe Biden's dad <laughs> are the two people who were extremely understanding on that one issue. Right? But the thing is, like, I honestly think those people, like, think that they did believe in gay marriage because they people now can't imagine not believing that gay marriage is awesome because they think that... They're just making the decision on the basis of, like, what's right and not a cultural shift that happened in an incredibly short period of time over the last 20 years. Like, you know, in the in the 90s, gay marriage was like a hotly debated issue Mm -hmm. that was fairly unpopular. (laughs) In most parts of the country, I'm pretty sure. Well, yes. I mean, certainly. Because Massachusetts least, uh, did it by Supreme Court, and that was, like, contentious even in Massachusetts. Well, now why? I'm sure gay marriage has, like, 95% approval in Massachusetts. Well, I, but I, I, so I, I kind of disagree a little bit on this, um, because I think that civil unions were allowed, and they were a right. thing, but gay marriage, two things that I, I had a problem that it came through the Supreme Court. I thought that the... That the Ballless legislature should come up with a bill if they thought we're so for it. Um, but I think a bunch of, and some Republicans said oh, the definition of marriage is a man and a woman, whatever. And I was like, I mean, who cares about the definition of, we care about definitions now? The definition of marriage is also supposedly not you, you like nailing the neighbor's wife when you're married, too. I mean, but a lot of but I think states that, but still be, even had <clears throat> sodomy laws then. Well, but, but there's old laws in the books about everything else. There's mm-hmm. ridiculous old blue laws in the books about stuff. We talked about um, the stuff that's on a piece of property that we're familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. saying that certain people can't have the property. Those are all over, you know, the, in Connecticut, oh, yeah. they, Connecticut they passed some legislation now, yeah. to change that. No, they're not enforceable, but there's old wording <clears throat> everywhere. In Connecticut, right. they, these researchers went into it and they found a way to change some of these things to get rid of them. Uh, <clears throat> but I also, I also think that gay marriage is you're right it might be more popular now but I'll, i also think that it was not wholly unpopular then but it didn't pass in california in 2008 when obama was elected that's inconceivable now if you put a gay marriage proposition on the ballot in california in the year 2022 how much would it pass by 60 40 probably. i bet you even i think 60 something 30 something probably at least I don't know. Is there's a lot of people in California who who don't like? The, well, my, my my feeling is this: is that I don't think I don't think, and I, I'm, I'm glad we stumbled onto a topic, but I, <laughs> <coughs> I don't think that, that many people. I let us here. I don't. Ma- I don't think many uh, that many I drove people, the bus. Yes, you're, you're, it's your uh, circulian rhythms at work. You know, um, I don't think that, that many people had a problem with gay people being together and in having a contract. Um, I think they had a problem with the idea of... I think people were pretty much there anyway. Well, certainly uh, people had a problem with adopting kids to gay couples. That's why there's like no Catholic adoptions in Massachusetts anymore, right? Didn't they drive all the Catholic yeah, I guess like, so. adoption agencies out of Massachusetts because they didn't want to adopt to gay couples? So that doesn't exist anymore. I sometimes wonder and I have I'm just going to like wildly guess here because I like really don't know. So take this with a grain of salt because I have no idea. But I do wonder if some of these problems from DCF and like all these kids in foster care and all this stuff like does stem from not having the Catholic adoption agencies anymore. Do you think they're possibly related? Because when you were a kid, were there all these like... DCF foster care issues. No, I think the, the, cat, the adoption problem is part of it. I, I don't know what I, I didn't pay attention when I was a kid. Um, but it's like how they drove <laughs> out like the Salvation Armies too. I think in like California because yeah. they weren't they didn't want to do like women's shelters where like a right. man who says he's a woman can go to the women's shelter right. and stuff. Like so they just got out of the business of doing that, right? And that's uh. That's pernicious. It's pernicious to drive people who are trying to do charitable things out of the industry because you want to police their beliefs about gender, right? Like, 
I think that that's really toxic. And I think that it's really toxic for like us as a society and the ways that we do things because there's sort of been this like uneasy relationship mm-hmm. between um, private charities and particular religious charities and sort of like government grants and government programs and they sort of like intermingle. But once the government starts trying to like police some of their beliefs, they they get out of doing that or get out of doing it in such a way that the government can give them contracts to do it or whatever. And that ends up meaning that I mean, I think they find other charitable endeavors to do. I don't think they get out of the business of charity altogether. But I think that it it means that I I don't think secular groups fill jump up to fill the same void. I don't think that we have filled the same void with government and secular charity that Catholic adoption groups left. Right. No, I agree. And and so I I think that's tough and I think it'll be tough, you know, you'll hear liberals float every now and then and I think they will continue to float it and probably in states like ours maybe even eventually win. I think that they will uh talk about coming after uh, churches tax exemptions, too. Oh, um, definitely. But you know, if you, we all want to revisit that, I have no problem revisiting that. And I also have no problem revisiting um, universities. What the free is Boston oh. University doing owning all of Com Ave in Boston <laughs> for free and essentially running free hotels? Right. I mean, that's yeah. The universities should be low hanging fruit. That should be the first to go. Yeah, Harvard right. is like the the Harvard is like the. 27th richest country in the world. Seriously. <laughs> it's absurd. And their endowments are like hedge funds, like billions and billions and right. billions of dollars. It's just wild how much. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But I do think it's going to be interesting to see what happens because that will, I think, mark the beginning of the end for uh, a lot of a lot of churches. You know, a lot of churches are sort of barely subsisting mm-hmm. anyway because attendance is down, people's beliefs are increasingly secular, people don't donate to church with the regularity they once did. So that's going to start to really cut down. Like the the sort of huge <coughs> exodus we saw from the owning churches business in this region, like when the Catholic Church had their scandals. Mm-hmm. The like... Uh, yeah, which, the pedophilia which, scandals. Which is kind of not over. Oh, I mean, it's continuing. And it's part of broader trends, too. But I think that I think that you will see a lot of church buildings getting sold for condos and stuff uh, if if they start to get rid of the church tax breaks, the, the tax exemptions for churches. Oh, God, totally. I mean, totally. that was that was already happening, too. But like certainly the like Catholic church scandal stuff helped it along a lot, too, because a lot of people stopped giving to their churches. They said, I don't want to pay money for the church to defend themselves from these accusations. I don't want to. Like, oh, sure. Contribute and to and that. also, I just think that, that if you look if people look at the business model of the Catholic church now and say, wait, why are the, all these men celibate in quotes? Like what is the what is the reason for this? Well, I think people it's talk tough. about Catholic guilt. I don't get that. I'm not Catholic, and, and I, I went to a church where there was no guilt. There was no burden <laughs> whatsoever. It was a, a country club. Um, I think. I mean, I'm certainly a believer in having celibacy be an option for people in, in life. Well, it, well, that's fine, but it's not. That's but, the problem. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I think that. I think that in our culture, it's such an anomaly, too, that I think sometimes you run into problems with who you attract to the priesthood when you don't allow priesthoods to marry. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So, and the Catholic Church, I mean, that's not... The celibate priest thing does not, in the scale of Christian history, have a terribly, terribly long history to it. Um, the Eastern Orthodox Church, which was one church with the Catholic Church for a thousand years, has married priests. And the Catholic churches, as they've tried to attract some Eastern churches back into the Catholic Church, like the Armenians and stuff, they have allowed... Carve-outs? Yeah. Those churches, they've let them keep the married priest thing. Yeah. Because there's not technically... Unlike with women priests, which there have never been women priests in any historical church in all of Christian history until like the last... 50 years like that's brand new that's like completely like in terms of how long christian history is that's like a total like recent innovation but 
I mean, but married priests have a long history. Like, for example, even in the Bible, Peter, who the Catholic Church claims as the first pope, has a mother-in-law, so he's married. So the Mm. first pope was married. So I don't know. Go figure. But that's... the, the celibate priesthood is an, is a newer invention by the Catholic Church, and it's a newer invention because they were having problems with nepotism. So they wanted the priests to be celibate so that they wouldn't, like, be giving jobs right. to their kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, the, that was the plan, right? But, you know, it, it came with other problems, clearly, and maybe those problems, like, took a little while to fully manifest, but clearly they, they did. Yeah. Cause other problems. But so, what are anyway. you going to ask Fred Couples? I don't know yet. I'm going to have to research. I just found out about this on the show. I just discovered this on the show today. This is all new to me. I'm well, very closely hold on. watching. One of our them. moles, Alice, okay. up the street, just sent me something that she said I might be able to use in a podcast. Oh, it's not a. I don't have it. Well, I'm very closely watching the situation with the Queen. I don't know if you can. Oh, did you email the guy about baseball? Um, I didn't yet. I just saw that text. I okay. will do that. Okay. I think they're mad at me, by the way. Who's mad at you? There was no response. Our neighbor, there's no response to my video. Did you see the video I sent? I didn't see the video. Can I look at this later? Can okay. we do the show right now? And we can talk you know what? Good about idea. Very good idea. Because <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the queen. Do you think the queen's alive right now? a flying F about the queen. My grandmother hated the queen, and she was a, a subject of the queen, of the monarchy. Being, but uh, she wanted being to watch the Diana Quebec. wedding and stuff. Like she was into the royals, even though Damn she right, didn't we like Elizabeth. The royals. Philip Charles, Charles Philip, Diana got that wrong. Yeah, I remember watching that in the morning, deadly earlier in the morning, and that was a huge thing in my grandmother's house. The royals. She loved. Um, she loved uh, who um, Wallace Simpson's husband. And then the next one, the King's Speech guy. Okay. She yeah, liked yeah. those guys. The, uh, King Philip, maybe? Um, Isn't it a George? King, I, I'm not sure. But she loved those two. And, but I think because Elizabeth was within her age range, although younger. Like too modern? She hated her. She thought she was snooty. She, it was weird, weird having such a nice woman. My grandmother, Alberta Shattuck from Canada, who's had a... Canadian passport because she was a which was a British passport at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, just hate the Queen. She was she freaking hated her. <laughs> it's weird. At one moment she's well, yeah. But so well, so I pointed this out to you the other day because they made this big announcement. I think like yesterday they were like, oh, they're going to be having like a co- a joint coronation with what's his name and the like cheating girl or whatever i don't know camilla parker camilla Bowles. parker Bowles, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have a joint coronation and she's gonna be considered the queen consort and it's like whoa does that mean the queen died and then i click through and they're like not saying she died we're just coincidentally announcing right now when she supposedly Why? has covid it's like-, <clears throat> like we're just and we nobody's seen her we're just coincidentally yeah. announcing our plans for the coronation like nobody panic i don't know so then writers has this story today Queen Elizabeth quips she can't move too much. Right. Quips. I'm not right. sure she's quipping necessarily. That's uh, what's his name is putting arsenic on her uh, crumpets. <laughs> Charles going on. But what a, what a, like what an unsexy brand that is. Great, seventy-five-year-old, big-eared, environmental wacko Charles is going to marry the woman he was having an affair with on the attractive wife who died tragically in a car accident who's you know whose uh youngest son now is an american prostitute named uh edward who's um who's married to a like-minded person in america now who have become kardashians like this the brand sucks what edward oh is it not edward who's 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 megan markle's boyfriend harry harry okay i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> so who's Edward? Is there an Edward? There have been historically oh. Edwards. I don't know if there's any. So, uh, so uh, it's just the brand is terrible. What should happen is is that uh, Big Ears and his consort 
should leave the scene and go hang on, hang out at Worcestershire on Belknap or whatever. Yeah, why they don't live. they just skip to William? Should, right, the only one, William, the only two decent ones, it seems like, just give it to him. The kid already is, he's went from hot to not, which I feel bad for him. Harry was hotter than William, I feel. William was good looking, though. In though the they've both gotten, it happens to the British, I don't know. You know what? That's why you're lucky you're married to a Coppola, Shattuck. <laughs> All right, should we go? Um, was that it? Did I have anything else that I had to say? No. Oh, people are persecuting the trucker donators. Yeah, we saw that. People are persecuting the trucker donators. They're they're trying to dox everybody, and it's just a crappy and terrible. Yeah, we'll talk more need- about that tomorrow. Okay, we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm going to hit the thing in a second. Go for it. You can All hit the thing. All right, Alice. And here we go. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. As always, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can go to burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can hit the shop link at the top of the page. You know why I think one of the reasons why people like the name Alice? Because it sounds like the sound when you chop lettuce, the whole head of lettuce. It's a nice, it's a fulfilling thing to say, Alice. It's a nice, scrumptious word. Uh... <laughs> You can go to burnbarrelpodcast.com. Maybe I'll bring that up with Fred Couples. Good idea. Ask him what uh, Coppola sounds like. (laughs) 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 Sounds a little like horses galloping. (laughs) 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 It does. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.